Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the marketing minds at doyouconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. I'm Kevin Oakley, and as always, we have with us Andrew Peak, Dr. Andrew Peak. Now, I'm not a doctor. Doctor? So I'm just kidding. What's that about? <laughs> I could what be. What does that mean? I could be. Doctor at the ad doctor. I like that. Oh. That's what I, that's what I need to brand myself, I think. I. I don't know. <laughs> that might help with your uh, Google search results on your name. Ooh, uh, like how has the week been, Andrew? It's been a week. You know, today is Thursday. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, we're saying that. We're recording oh. it a little bit early. Um, yeah, it's so it's it's out now. It is official. Um, yeah, we have a little schedule. It's going to conflict tomorrow. But yeah, it's been it's, it's been an interesting week. Well, you're having fun. You're going to. Where are you going to? I'm going to South Carolina to ride um, a bike with some that friends. That's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm on multiple bikes, multiple friends. We're not all going to get on a huge tandem thing. That would be amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I kind of fell in love with Twitter before we get into story time. I, I think this is weird. I fell in love with Twitter over the last 48 hours. And I think um, part of it might just be that South by Southwest was going on. Uh, and so I'm just going to quickly read some of my favorite uh these both came from a gentleman named Hal Thomas, who also, I think, is in the Savannah area. Maybe he and I will have to catch up. This is not the conservative Christian commentator. This is a guy with a huge beard who loves marketing and advertising, um, but is not in our space. And so listen to this tweet. He said, this panel is lame. This is a quote. This panel is lame. Let's go get a beer and start a company. Dash overheard at South by Southwest. That is <laughs> then, hilarious. <laughs> and then, what is his other one? Um, Snapchat is dead right? Dash every third person at South by Southwest. So I, there's part of that, you know, just being, and I've always liked Twitter around live events, uh, the Super Bowl and, you know, something actually happening, but uh, so maybe that's just it. But then there was this other guy that everyone who's listening, you should go, go follow this, this gentleman as well. His name is Mark with a C Davison, uh, at 1000 watt Mark, Mark one zero 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 W A T T M A R K M A R C. Um, Founding partner of a of a group out west, uh, I think he's in Portland, called One Thousand Watt. Uh, he he, they do great emails. That's how I've gotten to know him over the years. Is uh, they send out text only emails cool. that are great. But he's just been riffing on the whole topic of AI, which was on one of our hidden episodes that may never see the light of day when we were practicing. Uh, but just AI chatbots, technology, and like everyone saying how much it's going to change. But I just this one other. I feel like I've taken over the podcast, Andrew. I'm sorry, but uh, he's that is okay. I, you know, I have a thought that this might be a fling because I had a, uh, it might have been like two week thing with with Twitter, uh-huh. and then it just kind of like fizzled. You know, I just wasn't. It it just came into my life, and then it then it left. Well, there's there's definitely parts of it that drive um, me nuts. But around live events, but yeah. Yeah, live events, I think, is maybe, cool. Uh, uh, that makes complete maybe sense. Maybe when Mr. Duderstadt joins us in uh, another week or so, might convince me he otherwise. can explain to us the, the full magic. But, but listen to this tweet from Mark. He said, um, uh, technology is important. Smart tech that drives ROI is critical, but it's still just technology. Something everyone can have. It's not where your special value is. And so just being able to... I like it. Yeah, because sometimes I I have a lot of the same opinions and thoughts, and I feel like I'm just maybe being a negative old man. <laughs> um, but when I see it from other industries, that same and from people that I really do respect, it. Um, so maybe it's just mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. But anyway, yeah, I've been spending some time on Twitter this past week, and then the other thing that you and I have had to start getting uh, work work on behind the scenes already is for the online sales summit, and that's coming up 
Yeah. September 13th that and 14th. That will be 14th. here sooner than I realized. Yeah. Yes, September. I'm super excited. And it's in Texas this year. It is in Texas. Which is awesome. Yeah, going back to Dallas. Only one time zone change. <laughs> Dallas, Texas. All right. At the, uh, which hotel is it at? It's at, I know there's a really cool pool up top, like halfway up or something like Correct. that. Correct. It is at the W um, uh, in Dallas. At the W. Yep. W. Very nice. Like uh, very nice place. Uh, I spoke there at a Zillow event last year. I got to preview it. It'll be fantastic. So we've been getting ready for nice. that. And um, coming up in June too, PCBC, uh, uh, doing a workshop. Mike Lyon will be introducing that as well, but uh, our main guest there will be a gentleman named Jeff Turner. Someone else you should follow on Twitter at Jeff Turner, all one word. Um, Jeff Turner. He's a super, super smart guy. Always been in our space, but around our space. Um, and just very, very uh, deep thinker. Uh, but it also, he can always apply it to how it actually does get you more business too. So you can look, Very you can find cool. more information on the summit on online sales summit.com, uh, more about PCBC at PCBC.com or, um, just go to do slash events and, uh, and you'll get more information there. Okay. Whew. That was a, that was a five minute Ooh. intro there, Andrew. Um, story okay. time though. What do you got for story, story time? time? Uh, this is a fun one. So I'm one of those crazy people that go to the gym <clears throat> at 5am. Five. Was, sorry about that. Yeah, five a.m. Yeah, but here's it. You know, I have three children, five, two, and one. That is the only time I can go. So I either go then or I don't go, and I don't know what would happen to my body if I didn't go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'd explode. I, who knows what would happen? I don't know. So I go, and it's the same people every morning. You get to know each other, sort of. You at least know, like, hey, that guy's okay. Like I've seen him here three hundred other times. So I've been there and the point of my story is there's people there that go every day, every day, doing the same thing every day, every day. They'll put the same amount of weight on. They're training for this or training for that. Maybe they do 10Ks or they're into swimming or they're into just picking up as much weight as possible, but they're stuck. They're at the same, same thing, which is, I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. And we'll all talk to each other, whatever. Um, but the story is they're doing the same thing and they're expecting different results, but they keep doing the same thing but they want better results, but they're doing the same thing. And I think we see that sometimes in marketing where it's like, oh, I'm testing this new thing or I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, but I'm not getting leads. And it's like, well, why don't you just try something else? You know, if you're not getting the leads you need or the quality of leads, just do something else, try something else that's different than what you're doing. I think a lot of people are, are nervous to try something that is much different than what they've been mm -hmm. doing. Because they, they're so used to doing the same thing. Okay, we do ads this way. And we get we kind of get results, I think. Or like, eh, the results just never happen. We, we've never converted X amount of leads into appointments. It's like, well, you should try something different. Because what you're doing now isn't working. So try something different. I don't know. I just saw that. Yeah, it's, or... Because some of these people have been going there for like five years. And it's like, you look the same. Or you've been using the same weight. What is going on? It's... Blows my mind. I imagine people uh, going to the gym at 5 a.m. are certainly, um, let's just call Crazy. themselves intense <laughs> about this. There's no intense. It's it, there's nothing that's going to. You could probably there. categorize like the yeah the time they go to the gym and personality traits. I'm sure it's it's common. Tons of realtors at that time, which is very interesting. <laughs> which hey now be nice. And these are like. Uh, these are ones that sell a lot. So maybe that also says something too. Like the ones I see there are producers they are selling some uh -huh. homes but i, I think um, 
what and, you're saying is, you know, you can you can do something different. I also just think that people get instead of doing something different, why don't you look at what is working and how can you do variations of that? I think, you know, the scientific method, when you're doing an experiment to see if you can do something better or grow or push the envelope, you don't change at all. You don't say, well, I'm done with Facebook now. We've, we've got that under control. Let's just go and do 10 different campaigns over on Snapchat. (laughs) Right. It's, I I think that's where people will, like anything, we all do this with software, with technology, with um, marketing platforms. Mm-hmm. You you learn fifteen percent of it, and then you say, "I've mastered it." Instead of going deeper and deeper and deeper into yep. into that mastery and really outpacing everyone else on that platform, because if it is yep. working, yep. you don't necessarily have to change just for change's sake. But I think it's fun to play around right. too. Let's be honest. Yes. Oh, yeah. You learn a lot playing around. That's for sure. And it's fun. That is for sure. Well, my, my story. What kind of story do you have? My story, Andrew, um, is that I got a gift uh, yesterday delivered in the mail. Um, oh, I'm ruffling okay. it here. And, and this, man. For any this reason? This thing is heavy. Birthday? Uh, well, my birthday. And thank you. Yeah, my birthday is coming up. No, this was a thank you gift from the folks at Zillow. I was there okay. uh, for, a, for a meeting and with travel. You know, it took about two days out of my schedule. And um, they sent me. Man, this is heavy. They sent me run amok maple syrup. This is barrel aged. It probably, I don't know. This thing looks like it costs like $300 worth of maple syrup. It, it probably, hopefully it wasn't that much. But these are artisan crafted, I mean, beautiful maple syrups. Uh, an apron uh, with their logo. T- an apron. Nicely done. Nice. And a, um, and like a, a zip up uh, athletic kind of pullover thing. Now, and, and of course, a, a handwritten thank you note. This was, I'm not, it was the best gift that I've ever gotten from a non-family member. And just the emotional reaction that I had to, you know, if you don't know, I love pancakes. Um, I also mm-hmm. like all things maple. Um, and so the the custom maple syrup, definitely that that showed that they paid paid attention to what I like and, and dislike. And, you know, they didn't send me waffle mix, which is good. Um, oh. <laughs> but it, it, it was the amount of, time and thought that my perception is anyway that went into that gift. But here's here's the other thing that I thought was interesting is that the reality is um, I do know that they did other <laughs> training events for their own uh, employees where these other two items that were included in the gift were, these are probably leftovers, I guess is what I'm saying, Andrew. Like gotcha. they had a, it's swag. They, they get, mm-hmm. yeah, they had an extra apron laying around. They, they had, had an extra it. pullover. But even though I know that it doesn't matter. Like I know it's a leftover. I still, as a collective kit, it blew me away. And so it was good. Just thinking, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about cupcakes. Uh, some of our clients have done cookie deliveries, um, uh, all these different things that that people do as gifts. But that whole idea of a closing gift and and what you know, a roll of paper towels and a gift card. Uh, thanks for buying a home. Here's paper towels or a hammer or a wrench or all these other things. It's like. <laughs> You know, our client in Seattle, they have a person who they have a budget amount and she can do whatever she bought. um, One family, uh, she knew that they were having a a child was being born during the construction of their home. Mm -hmm. And they had a custom made onesie for an infant made and sent to them as a gift. Very cool. I mean, that that's not scalable, but 
it's I mean, just this whole idea of, of if you're going to send a gift, make it a good one, a memorable one, um, one that's worth talking about right. and sharing with a couple hundred people on a podcast. Yeah. Make it shareable or Instagrammable. Is that a word? Uh, you just made so it one. Make it. I made it one. Do it for the gram. Yeah. Cause it will make it if it's, if it's worthy, which I think there's enough conversations with your buyers that you could figure out something for sure. Yep. If you're paying attention. All right, let's move on to the news machine. We've got four lined up this week, and these are good ones, Andrew. Good choices. These are. I was excited for these. This first one was from today. Uh, Toys R Us is potentially, I have to say that, even though the article reads as if it's going to happen, closing every single store, 800 in total, Mm -hmm. all of them. They're uh, restructuring their debt, which just is, this number is crazy, $5 billion with a B dollars in debt. Um, but their machine's not working, right? Their sales machine's not working. That they, that's why they have to do this. Um, yep. So the article pretty much blames Amazon or e-commerce, which is also you know you're blaming convenience and pricing. So it's, I feel like they're almost like this like <laughs> two year old crying at the store. I want the candy. I want the candy. I want the ice cream. Whatever, because they have better prices and they get it to you quicker. It's their fault. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is this is crazy. But what I thought about and. I have three children, so I'm, I'm involved with toys still is they haven't really done anything to, to get our business, you know, on Amazon, it's super convenient, mm-hmm. but usually for us, we don't, we don't just buy toys for our kids. Like, Oh, let's buy them this. And cause they say something It's always like around like whether it's a birthday or say our oldest one, he's in kindergarten, like something happened at school and he's earning over time. Like, okay, you did this for X amount of days or weeks, you get to get something and so it's planned. So it's definitely, you know, convenience is there as far as just getting it from Amazon, but we could easily have gone to Toys R Us, which is, which I guess would, it's not there anymore, but five, five, 10 minutes down the road. Um, mm-hmm. So my question for you, Kevin, is, is there a e-commerce like threat for builders that, you know, they could, that it, that could be coming up in 10 years, five years, 20 years, a hundred years. Um, I think to, to a point, at least on that early end of the search. Yeah. I mean, if, if Amazon or Zillow or, you know, I'm still, I would love to see a, 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 a true team up of Facebook and Amazon or uh, Facebook and Zillow, probably Facebook and Zillow is more likely than the Facebook and Amazon. But um, mm-hmm. I, I do think at that first end of, of it, especially with AR and VR and technology for sure. But I think what, what really has happened more to Toys R Us is, I mean, when I was a kid, I had to get like straight A's for a year or, you know, something that momentous oh, had yeah. to happen outside of your birthday. And like going mm-hmm. to Toys R Us was like going to Dave and Buster's or like um, it was an experience as a child. Yes. And now you're excited for it. Your kids That's amazing. Your kids don't want another plastic action figure for the most part. What do they want? They, hey, mom, dad, can you download this app? <laughs> can you yep. can you can get, watch that video? Can you reload my iTunes credit, please? Um, I, and so I think it has as much to do with the, the behaviors of children changing. But I did back to Twitter. I can't believe I'm doing it again. A gentleman named Theo, T P R S T L Y. He tweeted out uh, late last night. He said, I can't wait to see this on slides about digital disruption for the next five years. You know, the Toys R Us with the closing down banner next to it. Gotcha. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. here's our new, like every time you go to a conference, it's going to be everything's changing. Uh, The world is. here's Toys R Us. I I think there is risk to real estate, but I think um, I think it's it's for a long time still going to be mostly on just the front end. Yeah, definitely. Yep. The home still has to be built. 
And as much as the, you see the cool articles about 3D printing homes, like uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that doesn't, I don't, that's, yeah, that's, that's different. for, that's for PR. That's what that is. Yes. For the most exactly. part. Exactly. All right. What's next? All right. And the next one, this one from searchenginewatch.com. Uh, Google is updating how these search engine results will be displayed. You have what's called the snippet. So if you type in new homes, Tampa, Florida, you have the ads. And then underneath that, you might have the map listings. And But then you have the actual organic result itself. All the text underneath the link, at the like for each listing. Yep. That so you got the blue, then you got the green, the then you got the actual text. Mm -hmm. Yep. You used to be able to have complete control of that and what was called the meta description. And all that is is that the meta description tells Google this is what this page is about. So if it was your homepage, you could say best home builder in Tampa, Florida, or wherever you're located, blah, 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 mm -hmm. bunch, of, bunch of stuff that would be shown there. Um, when you're thinking in terms of SEO, the more people that click your listing or your, your ranking, your site on the search result page, that gives a signal to Google like, hey, people are clicking on this one more. Over time, that should help bring that, that your results up and have better rankings. So what they're doing is they're changing it from 150 to 300 plus characters, which is like it's almost a blog post. Two lines <laughs> for some yeah, people. Two lines up to like four up to like four lines. It's crazy, and they're just pulling it from your website, mm -hmm. so you don't have complete control of it. Although it, it, it seems to trend towards they pull content from the top of the page, mm -hmm. and Google's smart. You know they know what is the navigation, what's the menu. They know what to ignore, so it's not like they'll be putting links in there, so you don't have to worry about that. But it is important that. You know, every page, especially if you have submarket pages or your community pages, what is at the top, what people read is unique and exciting and will get them to click it as well as once they're on your website, that's what they're reading anyway. So it's important that that's actually really good um, content mm -hmm. for that page. And it's not going to be dynamic content either, to your point. Just like a link, Google's not going to likely have dynamic content pulled into a SERP result either. Correct. So mm -hmm. it just, it's not necessarily what's visibly at the top of your page, but just the static text uh, or content that is there at the page. And I, I did notice that. I forget the search I did, but um, it was for a home builder and it was not coming from the meta at all, but they had just crawled another. And it was, it was, I want to say, you know, four or five sentences down after the top of their static content. And it just pulled that out as, as the SERP. And I thought, wow, that is, that is interesting that they're determining, I guess, based upon user, um, feedback of what is, you know, maybe where they're staying on the page the longest or, um, the exact, I, I don't know, but that is something out of there. Yeah. Their machines are learning. So what do we need to do they're about that, Andrew, anything you, that Ooh. they needed to change? Um, okay. So I would definitely take, yeah, I would definitely take the time to audit your site's content and it's not a one day project to do all of it right now and drop everything, but just over time say like, okay, in April, I'm going to do this and review every page have a list and just go one by one and make sure that what Google would read, which is also what potential buyers would read. So it's all important for everybody um, is compelling enough that would want people that would make people want to continue reading further mm -hmm. as well as would want them to click on the ad, not the ad, but the, the link from, from the Google search result. Yep. So as if you don't have enough to do, there's something else. I know, right? I did. I did. <laughs> Add it to the list. I did remind me though, you know, when I was a builder, I would reserve uh, Friday afternoons, the time when, when most of the time salespeople weren't showing up, you know, to, to take your time. Construction people were gone. 
Some other people might be in the office, but let's be honest, in our industry, a lot of people, especially in the summer, are leaving the office at like three o'clock to go work, quote unquote, in the field. Um, and so I always just found that website update Friday was was a great time. Friday afternoons, if of yeah. course, if there's a price change, it was instant. But these type of reviews or more in-depth analysis or content changes that needed to be made, I would just keep compile a list and then tackle it all at once with with our team on Friday afternoons. Um, it was it was just a much yeah. smoother process. Okay, Same what's here. what's the next Fridays one? Good. Oh, another one. This is a super quick one. This one is for Google AdWords. This is by um, WordStream, which is you can look at WordStream and see if you you like the software. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I, I don't want to say that. But sometimes they do write um, good blog posts. <laughs> they do. They which helps them get get clients. So you you too as well write good content for your site, and you'll get some buyers. So um, the change actually is from last year, but I've really just recently started noticing the effects of it now. Um, so you have your daily budget on a campaign. Say it's twenty dollars, or let me use the easier number. Say it's a hundred dollars per day, mm -hmm. which would be three thousand per month ideally. But people search differently. You know, from Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the volume of people searching new homes, Tampa or new homes, wherever you live mm -hmm. varies Sunday through Saturday. So if you have hundred dollars per day, you might spend a hundred bucks on Sunday. You might spend $20 on Monday, 30 and you know, it's, it's going to vary. Mm -hmm. So what Google is doing, they've seen that and they want to sell ads of course, and get people. No, to no, no. It. So they Andrew, have... they want to help you. They want to what? help you. They want to help you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they want to help you. <laughs> You're funny. Um, they do want to help you. And by helping you, you spend more with them. Um, so what they'll do, they used to, if you had a hundred dollar budget, they would let it spend up to $120 per day. Mm -hmm. It was a 20% overage to account for the fluctuations in search volume. Now it's a 100% difference. So, whoa, yeah, whoa is crazy. Cause especially if you're like, hey, I bumped the budgets up two days ago. Let me check and make sure that the, the clicks are there. I don't need to adjust the bids to get more clicks, all those types of things. And it could spend now, if it was $100, it could spend up to $200 per day. But over the month, you won't exceed whatever that, how many days in the month are, say 30 on average, yep. $3,000 per month. Okay. So, so it's still monthly. Yeah, but in theory, in, in theory though, Andrew, what you're saying is if let's just say uh, it's in the middle of the busy selling market and you're in March, mm -hmm. in theory, if you're doubling your spend up to, uh, is it possible that come the end of the month, you may just, they may have to be cutting back more aggressively as well to keep that monthly in line? Yeah. I, I think in theory that would happen. Um, they probably they will have, have to compensate for that. A whole other algorithm sure that will somehow make yeah, that all I'm work sure out. They, but mm -hmm. something to check on uh, for sure. But that is a good, if I was a uh, product manager at Google, I would say, hey, this will maybe force 10 to 20% of our uh, advertisers to increase their budgets the last week and a half of the month mm -hmm. because they'll run out earlier and they'll go, Good for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, so who knows? It's but I think they'll they'll try to account for that. But I think with with us because the seasonality, I think we might be more might see more of that effect. Yep. This podcast episode brought to you by um, the self aware or the awareness uh, that when Google reaches out to help you with your advertising, uh, delete the email, say no thanks, and run away. Okay, let's let's wrap up with the last one. <laughs> that's that's awesome.
The last one, uh, Search Engine Land, another one of my favorites. I think they all share writers, so it's mm-hmm. almost like the same. Um, so this law firm used a con- contest to get Google reviews. Oh. Seems like it's innocent, and it's a law firm, so you think they would have read the rules and, and everything with Google and how to get get reviews. So they incentivized the reviews. Um, someone actually reported it on a Google forum, like a Google product forum, and then Google went in. They had 100-plus reviews. It was crazy. And now they have one. Oh, man. So they had 100-something. They had this contest, and now they're left with a single review that Google deemed, okay, that is the real one. I'm sure they, you know, their algorithm is smart. And they figured out, okay, these came from the contest. This was the only legitimate one. Um, yeah. And, so and what Google, were they giving? Uh, okay, here we go. The firm was giving out family zoo passes as the incentive yeah, for which, giving them a review. I guess per, I don't know if it, if it said per person, like per review. So they were... That's a lot of zoo passes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or is that just one, like, give a review and you get entered in? I'm not sure which way which way it worked. Uh, but Google's official statement to Search Engine Lane was, contests to generate reviews are a violation of policy. Our policy states that businesses should not solicit reviews from customers, and here's the important part, in bulk. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. At least I maybe I'm reading into it too much, but if you dissect it, should not solicit reviews from customers in bulk. Yep. So maybe it's okay to solicit individually, reach out. What would you recommend as far as, because it's super important. If someone types in your builder name, mm-hmm. you want there to be five stars there. You want there to be a quantity of stars. Like if you sell 300 homes a year, you would expect to see at least 20 reviews on there, at least something. I think it's all, we need reviews now. What would you advise as, as far as how to get reviews Okay. The first thing is never um, use an opportunity like this. If you if you have a situation where you have predominantly negative reviews, there can be a silver lining to it. And I, you, a lot of you guys might think this sounds insane, but I, you know, I, I used to I made up a number to my ownership when I was at, at Heartland, as I said, hey, you guys need to every bad review that I find online, you need to add ten thousand dollars in my budget so that I can outshout them essentially with with online uh, marketing spend and just quantifying that with an albeit somewhat made up number started to change the conversation to the way that people thought about it you know it was like okay if it if it costs us five hundred dollars to fix this person's problem even though technically it's not something we should be covering Kevin's going to want to charge me ten thousand. <laughs> And so it just 500 is a lot better than 10. Yeah, it just gave them a, something to, yeah. I think, think around. Um, but the other part of that is use this as a way to help educate your ownership and management that you can't fix everything with advertising alone anymore. Don't even pretend you need to educate and, and not play, you know, oh, whoa, poor me, marketing person. I, there's nothing I can do. But say, look, there are some things we can we can do to tackle this problem, but also don't let them just lay it at your feet in terms of marketing, clean this up, please. Um, They need to understand that their operational decisions that they make are having that direct impact. And so just having that conversation, I think is good. The the first thing I would do is I would go um, email or call Paul Cardis, the CEO of Avid Ratings. And I would say, Paul, sign me up. (laughs) Um, I mean, sign me up. He and his team there, in, in our opinion, are the pros at this right now. They've, um, been fantastic when we have mutual um, builder partners to work with. They've been fantastic. 
they are the experts on legality. They've actually helped write legislation about some of this false review um, uh, rules that have come out. They've actually been involved, deeply involved in the creation of that legislation. And they, they, they get it and they have tools to help you um, use this stuff to your advantage on social media as, for, as well. So I'd say that first, but then um, if you want to go old school, like I'm prone to do, um, this is kind of my my quick and dirty oh, follow-up cool. process that I use to generate customer testimonials. And, and um, I think there's a blog post. If not, we'll, we'll add one before the show goes up. But what I would do is I would have an instant survey that the customer would take at closing. That ensured that I would get like 95% survey completion. Um, if you only survey after closing occurs or before, um, you're just going to some people won't email back. Some people won't, won't answer the phone. They won't, they won't send a reply. And so we would just have a, a quick uh, kind of instant pulse check survey of, are you happy, not happy? Um, and we take the results of that survey. It would be distributed to all managers in the organization because again, surveys are not just about generating reviews. It's about actually getting feedback to the rest of the organization about how we're, how well we're doing. So a copy of those surveys would go every every at the end of every week. They'd get scanned in and emailed out to every manager in the company. Um, you know, finance, accounting, construction, land. Everyone got to see this, so there was full transparency. But then at marketing, we would just keep a file of all the people who were really happy at the time of closing. Obviously, the the people who aren't happy. We want to address the issues as fast as possible. Um, but we just keep a file of the people who are happy, and then we would circle back to them in another 30 to 45 days. So it's one thing to be happy at closing, as we all know, and it's another to still be happy after you've been in the home, had a warranty issue, yep. you know. So we would wait 30 to 45 days. We'd reach back out to them from the marketing department and just touch base to say, hey, you know, we just wanted to check in, see how things are going. Um, what's your experience been like? If you were to, you know, would you still recommend us to family or friend? If they said yes, then we would invite them to come in to a scheduled testimonial shoot where we would, you know, get their photograph taken in a model home or video uh, their family, giving some quick feedback. But getting four to, to six families at one time to show up makes that expense or time involved in, in shooting that footage worth it. Would you compensate them in any way? So the only way for that time, yeah, we we would compensate them for their time only. So it was not for the review. It was for, you know, for the half hour that you're standing here. Um, And that, you know, Paul might have different, we'll we'll ask him about that for sure at this year's summit um, when we have him back. For sure. But um, I would always, we would emphasize we are only compensating for your time, not for the rating. Um, And so that's not going to affect your online portion, but obviously it wouldn't be hard to just add in an email or while they're waiting their turn in line to, um, to be filmed or video, you know, Hey, we've got this set up here. Would you, would you like to rate us? Another thing that um, uh, we've seen the uh, Lunametrics do with folks around this is uh, just create a, a nurturing campaign that goes out to people after purchase that, you know, just make it easy. You have to make it easy for people to give you a review online because the angry people, they're motivated by their anger to create an account, to actually write a review and to hit mm-hmm. submit. Yep. The happy people, it's got to be easy, like one or two clicks. And there are some ways that um, with Google, especially, you can create a link that will, by default, have it be a five-star review instead of a no-star review. Um, and 
there there are ways to make that process much much easier. Smart. Probably more than we have time to go into now. That's but right. and avid and avid knows all the ways. And avid knows all the ways. Yep. They all they know all the technicalities and yeah. There were I really enjoyed their talk at the the summit last year. Um, it was good. The the, was really the good. thing though is you do have to pay attention to it. And whether you're using a service like WhiteSpark or Moz Local, uh, someone to help you with your business listings, and then also monitor those reviews. Um, you definitely can't be in the dark anymore or be caught off guard by, you know, someone saying, did you know that you have, you know, a two-star rating? No, can't no, do no. That. cannot do that. Nope. All right. That'll do it for the news. Up next, right. we've got another special guest. Uh, and this time we're going to talk about the difference between effectiveness and efficiency with someone that you all probably know and love. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the 360 topic of the week. This time up, effectiveness versus efficiency. And with us, we have Mike Lyon, my partner, my business partner. Do you convert? <laughs> my partner. Uh, most of you already know who Mike is, uh, so he doesn't need much of an introduction. Um, but Mike, how long ago did you start Do You Convert? Oh, goodness. Almost oh, nine and a half, almost 10 years. And I've been yeah, writing and, and talking awesome. about this stuff and even uh, since 2006. So it's been a while. Woo. So for the, um, for, the, for the person who has no idea who you are, because they're just here for the marketing. Um, <laughs> right, of course. What do, you, what do you do at Do You Convert? So at Do You Convert, my primary role is to help the builders of the world out there get peak performance out of their online sales teams and online sales specialists. And then, you know, a lot of back-end stuff like uh, <laughs> invoicing. No, just kidding. We, we uh, you <laughs> know, that's my, that's my primary goal here. And, and we've done just a great job with Do You Convert, rounding that out with the marketing side, which is so fun watching you guys and listening to you guys um, on the podcast because it's fun to see the marketing just start to tie together with online sales. I really don't think you can separate them anymore with builders, not anybody doing a, a – normal amount of volume or normal amount of sales. So yeah, that was a long answer to what do I do at Do You Convert? And you've got a partner in crime. I do. Her name's well, Jen Barkin. Yeah, Jen Barkin, our online sales coach extraordinaire. I'm so glad she's on the team, um, you know, because she gets to uh, really, again, work one-on-one -on -one and coach online sales specialists, coach them up. And um, it's great. We actually just got back from the Online Sales Academy, our first ever. We had 16 oh. Brand nice. new online sales specialists, and we had a great time. It was energetic and exciting, and it was as good for us, hopefully, as it was for them. We really had a phenomenal time in Chicago. So, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Very cool. Well, I got some questions for you, and let's go back to your to your intro there um, for the for the one person. Again, there's only one person here who's only <laughs> here for the marketing. Um, the OSC, the online salesperson, online sales concierge counselor, can you define that? Like what that person does exactly? Yes, I can define that for that one person. Okay. So the online, we like to call them now the industry term, the online sales specialist. It started off as online sales counselor. We heard internet concierge and internet sales counselor. We've really kind of gotten rid of that. Um, we like to say online sales specialist, but 
even to the customer, they're the new home specialists. They work with all the communities, and we don't limit it to only online. It makes it sound like you're just someone chatting back in the room. It's way mm-hmm. more than that. This role has grown. It's a person um, that works with the builder to help convert all that interest that marketing is creating into actual revenue. I mean, that's the most important thing that they do. It's an inside sales role. You know, They're managing these inbound leads and the leads being created. And they're the first point of contact for anyone reaching out with questions who are thinking about um, you know, purchasing a home or how this process works. They're the first point of contact and they're not walking into the model. They're either calling, emailing, chatting, a lot of different ways to reach out. Commenting on Facebook, we're seeing that happen more and more. So yeah, that's what the mm-hmm. role is. Definitely, that, that makes sense to me. As far as if you didn't have that role, like let's say you're, you just don't have that, that person in place, um, how would you say, well, why is there a need for that role? Because the phone's not going to get answered, right? Uh, right. Follow-up will happen, right? All those yeah. things will happen on their own, I would assume. Like what's the, what is the need for the role? That is a loaded question, I believe. Yeah, why is it, why, I think you know, you're a smart guy, so <laughs> I'll take that question. But a lot of builders do ask that. I'm already paying these salespeople a lot of money. Why do I need someone to manage leads? And here's, here's the answer. Bad salespeople suck at following up with leads. And great salespeople are too busy. First of all, am I allowed to say that word, the S word? I don't you know. You are. I, okay. So. You can say it all you want. <laughs> it's a little bit It's a little bit of a, uh, you know, that's an extreme case. But, it, uh, you know, our on-site salespeople are just extremely busy. They're focused uh, a lot of times face-to-face with customers. Um, and they look at internet leads and this process and everything that's involved and it's very foreign because that's not how they've been trained. That's not what they're used to. And the DNA needed for someone in this role compared to an on-site sales person is completely different. It's very different. Um, and by the way, you know, the survey that we do every year with our good friends over at Lasso, we've been doing this since 2012. Every survey that we've ever done shows us that builders either have no or extremely slow responses to these online inquiries. They're not going far enough down the line with customers. They're setting really bad expectations for them. And what they're doing is they're creating more friction to this process, which already has enough of that going on. So that's why you need someone dedicated and trained to managing those first contacts for customers reaching out. And, and it really helps marketing not waste their dollars. I mean, those leads are expensive, right? Uh, yeah. You don't want to let the them waste just... factor, but it's also the experience factor. That's oh, the yeah. other buzzword, right? Experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if you're going to do the right pre-construction meeting, the right pre-drywall meeting, the right weekly follow-up, the right, I mean, how I think salespeople are being asked to do more than ever before in terms of holding the, the customer's hands through that whole experience. <clears throat> so, yeah. Well, and it's unre- it's unreasonable for for mark you know marketing to ask, hey, take all these leads that aren't qualified that we don't know where they're at in the process, salespeople, and you get them to that point, and then you sell them. That's that's mm-hmm. that's unreasonable expectations, and like you said, we we do live in now an experience economy. People pay for the experience, and it's it's just too hard to do that. It's too much to put on them. So I think you're exactly right. Don't let them rot away. All that. All those, all those pricey leads that we've got, don't let yeah. them just rot in your CRM. That's not, that's not a good idea. Those, those mm-hmm. precious leads. And it's not like you could really uh, quantify, do the math, and what would uh, OSC would do if you had that person in place if you don't currently have one as far as expected appointments, which turn into sales. And you could just, oh, this is what would happen. 
the scenario would be pretty easy. That's to right. Out. It's yeah. I heard a phrase it's one math. time from yeah. from a CEO. Yeah, it's just math. And at the end just of the math. day, you can easily um, justify this role. And as we're, it's growing and marketing is getting more effective and marketing is getting more uh, targeted, you're going to see this. People have to justify another person. You know, not just one, but multiple people working for a builder. So. So yeah. another question, would you rather an online salesperson be effective or efficient? Now they need to be both, I would think, but what's, which one? <laughs> ah, hey, you, no, right? the witness. Both? Oh no, no, no. That is a questions. loaded question. That is, uh, yeah. Effective or efficient or you, you pick one or the other. <laughs> um, That's all you get. if I have to, if I have to pick, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to pick effective, right? Because you know, what, what did Peter is Peter Drucker? Yeah. He said, efficiency is doing things right. Effectiveness is doing the right things. And so what some people get caught up in is they mistake their motion for progress. And they're like, hey, we're doing stuff and this is great. But they look back and it's not driving the results we want. You know, we have a phrase that we say, leads are worthless. You know, they don't not, they don't have any value. <laughs> and everybody freaks out, especially on this podcast. People are like, what the we heck? leads. So we need leads, but leads don't have any value for a builder. Only appointments and sales have real value. So you can That's have right. a million leads sitting in your CRM, but if nobody's walking in the door and nobody's talking with salespeople, there's, there's not value. So I definitely think you want to combine both of them, right? You, you need it both. I mean, I, I could be really good at emailing everybody in the CRM, but if the messaging isn't compelling or I'm not moving a prospect in the right direction, I'll just be making a lot of friends and not really making appointments. So I always want to combine those two. Effectiveness has a little bit more weight, but we also want to do that as efficiently as possible. Definitely. On the extreme end, have you found or had any stories of someone being too efficient? Uh, Yeah. Well, too efficient. Too efficient. I mean, well, let me think about it in a different way. I mean, I remember working with a, a builder who implemented this, you know, bigger builder, 400 homes a year, brand new role, and then they put someone in this role and instantly turned on all the leads. And they were getting like 350, 400 leads a month. I mean, one online salesperson, brand new, can't handle that. So like in an emergency, we streamlined everything. We automated as much as we could. We, We recorded a video email that was a template instead of personalized. We took out phone calls where we normally had them in, you know, so they had fewer calls to make. And fast forward... You know, and, and they were able to get through everything, and they were doing a good job on their own setting appointments as best they could, being brand new, right? You mm-hmm. fast forward, we add another online sales specialist, the leads are cut in half, and then appointments start to drop. And they're kind of looking around going, well, what's going on? And you say, we have, well, you didn't change your process. It's still overly automated. It's super efficient, and you're checking the box and getting things done. Um, but the personalization has disappeared and your results disappear, the conversion rates disappear. So that's an example of, you know, we don't like that. We don't believe in automating too much. You can definitely over automate this and consumers are super smart today. They realize what's going on and you just want to make sure that you, you've got a real person behind it. Cause that's the goal. We want engagement. We want them talking with live people as much as they can. So. Yeah, I, I love when you talk about this, because I think this is something that um, people get messed up on all the time. That initial first response to a lead, uh, you know, we know we ha- that has to be fast, of course, but everyone always goes to fast then means it needs to be in the can and sent out from the CRM or automatically 
And you don't advise that. Why? No, no. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having an introduction and a closing of an email templates, but in the middle of that first personalization, that email, that's where you're spending your time. Like you've got to really call attention to any kind of piece of information. Obviously, if there's a question that they're asking, you're answering it. You're diving in deep to it. You're recognizing, you know, where they submitted the lead from, what's going on. But the more personalization on that front end, really that first week, that's where you want to spend your time with the heavy personalization. As you move on past that, and we haven't gotten a response, you can have less personalization, but it still needs to come across as personal. So yeah, okay. by all means, when you think about that first week, you've got phone calls, you've got the first email that's personalized, you've got your video email that's personalized. There's only one email that's not personalized, and and that's it. Everything else is heavy, heavy, uh, you know, human contact. That's where people buy from humans, right? So you that's want right. it to be like a human talking. Especially um, in Zillow Talk, uh, Spencer Raskoff talks about the fact that you know the the less frequent a purchase and the more um, expensive it is, the more we as humans feel the need to have a human advisor. Yeah. And, and I, I think, think that that makes sense. I think that's where the high tech tech stuff has to marry along with high touch and human. And, and that's something where like, you know, you talked earlier about toys R us and what does that mean for, for builders and, and are we, do we need to worry about that? I mean, this is still such a complex and expensive and emotional process and sale that, more people jumping into this, the better. Yes, you can automate a lot on the front end or get you know the marketing side. There's a lot of technology. It can, but at the end of the day, they still want to talk to a person. Yep. Whether they're texting, chatting, emailing, calling, they want to talk to a real person who is smart, who's warm and competent. That's what they're looking for. Warm yep. So don't be intimidated. You you can you can point the finger right back at the marketers on this podcast with you if you want to, but. Who would you say are the people in a home building organization that tend to be overly focused on efficiency instead of effectiveness? Marketing. This... <laughs> Us. Next question. Uh, Good question. Maybe, Next maybe also the sales leader, company owner, accountants. Like I just feel yeah. like you know, you've, been, you've worked for builders. I've worked for builders. I think there's always this pressure from other places. Sometimes it is marketing because we love the technology and we get excited about Yep. what can be done instead of what should be done. But anywhere else uh, yeah. you've seen? I, well, no, I definitely think that it depends on the personality type. For most of the time, sales leaders look at online sales and they go, all right, you're converting. We're getting appointments and sales from this. You guys are fine. Great. But you may have the sales leader who's a little bit OCD or you know, they're getting pressure from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Hey, why, why is on-site, what's going on? Or why are our, our appointments, they aren't converting like they used to. Tell me what's wrong with the numbers. And you have to go back and educate them and say, hey, listen, we had a huge VIP grand opening, you know, or we're getting these types of leads now that's going to skew our numbers a little bit. Or, you know, this community is, has two homes left in it and people are still calling because they're interested, but they don't like the homes that they're going to see. So they're not turning into a sale. And so sometimes there's pressure from somewhere else. But the efficiency side, I mean, it depends. Marketing's always big on that. Like, hey, how can we make sure we're doing everything we possibly can? Um, the flip side of that, too, is when, hey, what can we automate so we don't have to hire the next person? Mm-hmm. And so efficiency pressure can come from, you know, the, the COO, the, you know, somebody's looking at headcount, whatever it is. And we just always circle back to it's like you're spending money anyway on marketing 
don't spend money, you know, to to create more leads that aren't managed right. Yeah, we to know, overwhelm leads, the system. Yep. Yeah, you'll just start putting too much too much weight on the system, and more leads poorly managed does not equal more sales. I mean, that's just a pacifier. You know, hey, mm-hmm. look at all these leads we got. Well, no. So you gotta you gotta trade it off, and make sure you're doing. It. It's the same as you know we with with onsite. I mean, you think about it. You you have a busy busy community with a lot of opportunity and a lot of home sites in front of you. You got traffic out out the wazoo. That's fantastic. You would not sit there and go, how can we do this with just one person? Right? <laughs> you know, let's just get as many sales. Let's get twenty sales out of this one sales rep. They'll they'll explode. And yeah. we, we do the same for online. We're like, they're getting 500 leads. They should be setting 100 appointments. Like, that's impossible. It's impossible yeah. to do it well. I remember at my time with NVR, Paul Seville, the CEO, you know, rolling out the analysis of, that they had done at corporate saying, you know, if we have a high-performing neighborhood to add another on-site salesperson to that community, um, to, to break even on, on it, essentially, we just need to sell two more homes a year. And if it's right. already a high-performing community, why would we not put two people in there? Right. Uh, so I think that's a that's a great point. It's an awesome point. I love that. It point. is. I think that's that, that's one of the best points I've made today. Ever, ever. What's they're a, probably not they're probably not doing ever. it anymore. They, they've probably changed their mind at NVR and they've switched oh to to one person. What's a uh, yeah. what's a good like lead count that a OSE can handle per month? I'm sure it varies. 150, yeah, 150 to 200, 150 200. Is, is about it, and it and it depends. You know, if you start working with landing pages, VIP coming soon and things like that, people go, well, we've blown through that. Well, every lead source is a little bit different in what you do. Um, but yeah, 150 to 200 is that sweet spot. And really, once they start pushing past 50 plus appointments a month, then you're really in trouble. So you got to look at that combined with when leads are coming in, when calls are coming in, what does the answer rate look at? But that's a real rough count. 150 to 200 is a good one. Cool. 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 And what type of tools yeah. I'm a big fan of trying to make things efficient, like personally, the way I schedule my day and whatnot, um, that what, so what are popular tools that OSCs or even yourself use personally to be efficient and effective? So choosing to do the right things at the right, at the right time. Oh, I mean, we go for days, for days. with online salespeople. Uh, I'll give you two for online salespeople and I'll give you two that I use and love that people, marketers listening to this will probably geek out and want to use too. Can I do that? Is that allowed? allowed. I give you permission. Okay. Okay, (laughs) good. All right. I'm going to give you two from each. So online sales, um, you know, the, the CRM should be a no brainer. That's, that's probably pretty easy. We like that one. Um, and so that's not an answer. That's like a given, given. but phone, phone burner is a tool that allows you to call a lot of people very quickly. You can be four times as efficient in your calling because it automatically dials numbers and you can pre-record a voicemail and do a voicemail drop and then move on. And so, you know, just imagine for a coming soon community, you could load up you know, 700 people on this list and just start calling very quickly through all that. So that's but Mike, a tool that, but Mike, Mike, what? Uh, what? but no one's answering when I call like only 10%, 15% are answering. That is, that is <laughs> true ish. That is true ish, but there's a tremendous amount of value. We know what we know is when we send an email and you call together one right after another, Marketo's doing this to me right now. I'm a victim of Marketo. I, they must've, tag me being back on their site because I've got Joe from Marketo in San Francisco going crazy on me. 
But you call and email together and your response rate goes up by 30%, even if they're listening to your voicemail or reading the transcription that's on their phone, which that's what most people are doing. You, calling works extremely well. Um, and, and in our last survey, 91% of, of, of builders did not even pick up the phone and dial at all. So wow. it's a huge <laughs> differentiator. Phone burner is a great tool, great tool for automation. Let me think of another good one for online salespeople that they're using. Ooh, 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 ooh. What would I say? Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of things through. Let, I'm going to go back to the CRM, my original answer. But not just, not just, hey, I've got a CRM. I think uh, the sales, the online sales specialists who actually pay attention to the activity that's happening in the CRMs and make lists and custom lists from those activities, that is um, a great way to increase your efficiency in a CRM, not just logging in and going, where, you know, I'll just pull up a list and start anywhere. When they're getting smart with their lists and creating those custom lists, and actually leveraging it. I'm really surprised today, even coming back from the Online Sales Academy, a couple of people have been doing this for a while and they, they don't have their custom list set up. Gotcha. So give me all of my non-responsive people that don't have an act or that or responded people that don't have a future activity, for example. That's a way to really hone in on finding targeted people um, to reach out to. So those are two for online sales. Online sales. I'm gonna give you two for nice. me. Two my, of my top I'm favorites. I'm excited for these. You should be excited. excited. Number one, SaneBox. <laughs> so SaneBox is a tool that automatically filters out unnecessary or unimportant emails. Oh. Helps you keep it clean. As you know, I'm a big Inbox Zero freak. Uh -huh. right? I like to keep everything clean. Um, so SaneBox is a great tool for filtering that out, but it also allows you to defer emails to tomorrow, next week, next month, or a specific time. So how many times do you have emails sitting there? It's like, there's nothing I can do with that today or tomorrow or even until next week. And they don't need to be sitting there because every time you look at an email, that starts draining your brain energy, right? So I use SaneBox um, and that's, uh, I mean, that thing saves me two, three hours a week. Well, it sends me an email every week and tells me how much time I'm saving. But it's a great tool because it helps me shift through um, a lot of unnecessary stuff. And then I just get this digest um, two times a day of the emails that has said are unimportant. And you can always train it. If it is an important email, you pull it back to its inbox and then it's important forever. And it's not important. It goes into saying later and you can choose. Is this a read. free so service? Look, no, if it's good, it's not free. <laughs> if it's good, it's not free. I think you can, I think there's a free trial and it's Is really it a cheap, 99 cent app on my phone? Cause I, those nope. are, I'm just, <laughs> Nope. Just it works in it, same box works in, in any in any email platform, so it's not just Gmail or things like that. So it's a really really cool tool. If you're if you I mean we're knowledge workers. Everybody listening to this on the podcast is in their inbox all day long, mm -hmm. and they're they're wasting so much time they don't realize it. Uh, Samebox is a really cool tool. So one I recommend to everybody. My next one is newer. Um, it's called Loom. Loom. L O O M. I think it's I like useloom.com. It's a quick. It's a quick screen recorder, right? So you, you install the Chrome app. It's free for now. Kevin will be excited about that. It's free. Um, you, click on, you click on the Chrome plugin. You click a button, and it starts recording not only the screen and, and your sound, you know, your voice, but also potentially your face too. So why is this helpful? 
anytime someone's email and people email us a lot, Hey, how do you do X, Y, or Z? Or how did you go there? Or what kind of, you know, where did I find that in the Facebook ad that I'm supposed to build? Or Mm -hmm. how do I do this in the CRM? And instead of jumping on a call, trying to type it out, doing screenshots in a minute and a half, you can do a, a loom and send it off. And what's really cool about this compared to other things like Camtasia or you know other tools that used to be out there, it takes like zero seconds to upload. Yeah, it's the fast. second you're done, it's automatically copied the link and you just hit reply. Nice. It's amazing. That's my new favorite tool because it helps it helps me streamline support for people who need it and they love it. They go, "This is awesome," and it's really simple to do. So those are two uh, two products, and it's good for people to see your face. A similar one. Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put on. your little face on it too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Similar but different. I, I've really enjoyed using Snagit um, as a as a capture tool. I think it's only on PC, so sorry Mac folks, but it keeps a history, running history of all of your screen captures. You can quickly crop, you can draw arrows, you can make notes, you can blur things out. Um, and again, it's just things that I used to before have to open up a photo editing program to do. And I it, I just found myself not wanting to quickly send something to somebody. Um, because it was just going to take too long to explain it or to, to do another route. Um, Snag, it's a fantastic tool for PC users too. Hey, for with I don't want to sound like an old person, right? But I'm going to give one more. Okay. I know this might be weird, but I have an Apple Watch and I love Apple. I love reminders. Mm. Do you guys use this now? Oh, yeah. Like where you say, hey, hey mm-hmm. Siri, remind me I'm at five o'clock to grab the recycling. Yep. Like I, it's, it's great because then it just pops up both on your watch and your phone. It doesn't go away on your phone until it's done. And it, it's really helped me clear my clear. Oh, Siri's actually oh, tapping. No. <laughs> okay. Grab the recycling. It, it works. That's funny. Um, but I, I think, you know, just holding up your watch and saying that and reminding like anytime you've got something in your head, it allows you to get it out instead of trying to set a, you know, a calendar item or send yourself an yeah. email. Anyway, that that suggestion idea. alone has started a small fight uh, in our family because Melanie all the time will say, uh, Kevin, can you remind me to? And she has a watch and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to tell you Come right here. now. <laughs> just, just <laughs> Come here. Hold your wrist up to my <laughs> mouth. Let me, let me do that for you. All right. We love Melanie. Melanie, if you're listening to this, you're the best. Oh, she'll never, ever ever listen to this. She'll never get this far (laughs) if she does. Anyway, Uh, we're running tight on time. So let's, let's get to these last couple ones. Cause I I like, this is a big, I like these. Why we can, why can't we make this a two-parter? Oh, I mean, because we, we got really we got things to do, Mike. We can't. This is <laughs> okay. Oh, all right, <laughs> we got, here we go. Next question: What is the future of online sales? Ooh, that'll be a short one. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. What? Here's here's the answer. There's an article coming out. In Professional. There's Builder. the answer. <laughs> Everybody can read. That. Let's read that. No. There's the answer. Go. But hey, people are always asking this. You know, what's next? What's coming? Hey, what's the future? And my quick response is, um, we're, you know, we're like way ahead of being behind in our industry. So first things first, you know, you need to maximize what you have mm-hmm. in front of you, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're not doing that very well. The surveys tell us this all the time, technology aside, we're not managing this customer experience very well. Um, so start first with getting the basics and the foundation down. Now the future is there, there's a lot of cool things that I think are coming. What I'm really excited about. And I don't think technology is going to replace any online sales specialist anytime soon. As much AI is out there and as much as common is doing the spoken word on the Microsoft commercials 
don't know if you guys have seen that. He's just talking about all this technology. Mm-hmm. It's not going to replace us. Um, it's not going to replace the, the online sales specials. I think the first thing we're going to see is we're going to need more dedicated human beings managing engagement that's happening because the goal of all the technology is increase yep. engagement, right? Yep. So once they respond and ask a question or need more information, we need a real person to answer that. So I think it's going to grow because we're getting more leads. Uh, we need more people to help manage that. I do think AI, artificial intelligence and things like, and it's already happening. Salesforce is doing this and a lot of companies are starting to do this. It's going to kind of do a lot of work in the background to tell us based on the criteria that we are creating it for it, which people in the system are matching, you know, other people who have responded and set appointments. So similar to lead scoring, but on steroids. Yep. And I think it'll probably even tie in real live conversations with this too, or conversations they might be having other places. So yep. you'll walk in, you know, in the morning and then you'll have up in front of you, Hey, these seven people are matching, you know, matching what we, based on everything that we've done. So that's exciting. I don't think it's going to make the calls nope. for us, right? I don't think it's going to ha- send the emails for us. And if it does, it's not going to look great. And if it does, um, everyone's going to do it and they're going to get flooded. And so then your bomb bomb video email with your real human face is going to stick out even more. Yeah. Well, that's the other, that's the other thing here too, is I think video, uh, besides one way, like a bomb bomb video, mm-hmm. I, I just, I think people popping up and, you know, everybody's on FaceTime now. And they do it more and more and more, and it's Snapchat and everything like that. We just haven't bridged that gap between consumer and you know online sales specialists, and I think that's just because of familiarity or comfort. Mm-hmm. But that's going to come next. I mean, people are going to be able to pop on and have a video chat, and they're going to feel more comfortable about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so leveraging things like that. And more tools potentially to demonstrate when you're not in the same place. So an online sales specialist can take them through the renderings or the virtual tours on a website and say, hey, can, are you on the website now? Okay, go check out this plane. And what I want you to do is go to that second floor master to see what I'm talking about. And so they're having conversations and doing things in real time together. I think that's definitely going to help. So there's a lot of cool things that are already out there, but just getting more comfortable with it from both the consumer side and um, the online sales specialists using it. I think there's a lot of great things that are going to help make everybody's lives easier and give a great experience for the customer. That's what it's all about. Definitely. Awesome. Uh, we were talking at the top of the show, you know, that preparation for the online summit in terms of content to deliver is well underway. Is there anything in particular that you're, you're excited about this year's event being different or, or new content or new topic that, that you're excited to tackle? Yes. A couple different things. Well, I'm always excited to see our peers and friends from the industry. It's it a blast. It's a great time. Um, I'm I'm excited. One one thing that was recommended at the last event because we have a lot of marketing leaders and even sales leaders who are absorbing this information, not just people who are tactical in the front line. Uh-huh. And we're putting together a leadership track, and so that's highly requested. And everybody, when we talked about that, everybody's like, "Oh, that's Ooh. great!" So, how do you manage this role? You know, how do you coach this person? What does compensation look like? What kind of metrics should we be looking at? What type of person do we hire? How do we hire? Uh-huh. You know, those are the types of things you don't. That's not the conversation you have in front of online sales specialists. This is something different for leadership. So, super excited about that track plus some other secret top secret stuff that's coming up 
um, for maybe, you know, attendees who have been there uh, for multiple uh, summits and things like that have some special things for them. So, yeah, it'll be good. Kevin goes, ooh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, sometime in the next 30 to 45 days, that's going to launch. I've got it queued up, but it's, it's top secret. So, you know, if you're listening online sales summit.com, make sure you're on the VIP list last year, sold out in three hours. That is really fast. Um, so three hours. Yeah. Yes. Just, just be ready. We're, we're not trying to stress you out, but it, that's just what happens. You know, I was, Beth, at, Beth was at the online sales Academy and we were talking about that and she goes, yeah, I tried to register last time, but I was on a plane <laughs> and I couldn't do it. And I said, I go, how many emails did we send to you before? She's like, like 20. And I was like, well, yeah, come this year. Yeah, we'll tell we we'll tell you. you at least twenty four hours in advance so you can cancel that flight this year, Beth. Don't worry. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks That's for right. joining us, Mike. Uh, we know where you are, so I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point soon. Um, and where where will people find you on the interwebs if they want to to read your latest stuff or musings about life? Yeah, musings <laughs> on life. And you're just going to see pictures of my kids, and you know that's pretty much it. But uh, Mike Lyon on the Twitters, which I you know am inconsistent at best. Mm. DoYouConvert.com, obviously blogging and all that video fun stuff, and then Facebook Mike D Lyon and Do You Convert. Um, I'm I'm all there. So yeah, just you hit me up. I'm I'll I'll I'll, I'll friend you too. He will efficiently and effectively become your best friend. <laughs> That's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. Quick break and we'll be back with the question of the week. All right. Let's move on to the question of the week. This this week's question comes from Jennifer in Kentucky. Uh, Andrew, you're up to answer this one. This is a great question. It be, because I, I, we've actually seen this one before, not on the podcast, but we've had this question before. So the question is, in your opinion, is it better to have one corporate Facebook page for your business or to have a corporate page and additional pages for each community? For this, um, for Jennifer in Kentucky, they actually have 22 communities. So that means they have the corporate page oh, and yeah, then yeah, 22 yeah. additional communities. <laughs> Their sales team managers take over the community pages. They're considering. That's my favorite part. That's my oh, favorite part. Of that this sounds season. terrifying. We'll circle back to that. They're in, they're in all different shapes. Oh my goodness. Um, so the sales team managers manage those Facebook pages, and marketing team manages the corporate one. They are considering taking over all twenty-two internally at the marketing team. Ooh, that sounds daunting. Um, I know my answer for this, and that's to have a single one. Kevin, what is yours? Uh, it is not even a question. There's so many parts of this that I love. What Jennifer, we, we do know, we do know Jennifer. She's great. She's always, um, she, she applies what we talk about at the summit and other places. So love the question, but yeah, there's the, the sales team managing it is, is scary. Why is that scary? Because salespeople are not necessarily great marketers, just like marketers are not necessarily great salespeople. And, um, yep. I mean, what happens if uh, a salesperson has a bad day and a customer goes on the social media channel and heckles them and they, they, they lose that restraint and they just unleash and it's, it's got your name attached to it and yeah, that's you bad. can't really see it. Um, what happens if they're posting content that is 
improper grammar and weird colors. And um, I've even seen some off-color jokes or attempts at humor. Um, and not to mention the amount of time it's going to take away from the sales team being able to do what the sales mm -hmm. team should be doing. Um, and then the next sentence, uh, it says, we retire the pages once the community is sold out. So you build that, it up, you build it up, and you get mm -hmm. likes and fans and engagement, and then it's done. <laughs> it's just, like, yeah, it's it's not good. I think the only circumstance you'd want the community page is if it was a master plan community and the page yep. is going to live and be you know, a, a resource for the people that live there. Yeah, essentially with the idea that at some point you are turning it over almost to the community as a way to continue the social or, you know, a lot of master plan communities will have someone on staff whose job it is to foster this kind of social engagement uh, plan activities, the like. So maybe that person uh, takes it over at some point. But yeah, this idea of having all of these different places out there. And, and one of the other things to consider is you get someone to like a particular community, but they don't they don't buy there and they continue shopping. They're only getting updates about that one community and only from the salesperson. And so mm -hmm. not good. we know Again, not good. We know the catnip uh, or crack cocaine, you pick your metaphor that, that you like. For people looking for a new home is the words new. So new photos, new floor plan, new community. New photos. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not going to get the announcement about the new community, most likely, especially not if a salesperson is in charge of it because they don't oh, want to yeah. tell their prospects that there's a new community opening up five minutes away. Um, so for That's all right. that, plus just the general management, I think it's pretty clear that one page is the way to go. Just do one page. That's This sounds really stressful. <laughs> it does. That sounds like really stressful and a source of, I'm sure there's a lot of time just spent on that because there's so many. Wow. Yeah. And that One this page. goes back to what we were talking about with Mike, you know, asking salespeople to do things like that versus having the time and bandwidth to really take care of the customer and make sure they have a great experience and that you are available enough and proactive enough in that relationship to um, make sure they stay happy all the way through the experience. I mean, all that takes time and we're asking them to go, make sure that they post some organic piece of content twice a week or something. Who knows? We don't know that, that Jennifer's making them do that, but not it's just yeah. uh, not the most effective use of time or efficient. That's right. <laughs> See what I did right. there? See what I did there? I, you did. Effective or efficient. Uh, all right. Well, just a reminder again, uh, we'll talk about it probably just a handful more times, but the online sales summit, the VIP launch is going to happen in the next 45 days. The VIP launch is... Uh, they, those people on the VIP list who go to onlinesalesummit.com, sign up to be part of that list. You get notified before the general public. Uh, the last two years, we have sold out without ever launching to the general public. So you want to make sure you're on that list. Uh, Andrew, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at andrewpeakdyc. Also on Facebook, if you search Andrew Peak or just use andrewpeakdyc. And then our site, doyouconvert.com, plenty of blog posts there. And you'll find the rest of the wonderful team there as well. And where, the, where can we find you at, Kevin? Including Jackie. Uh, Jackie's Including on there. Including Jackie. We finally got That's Jackie right. to take a picture. Um, of course, she I, is I can official. say this. Yeah, she, she's official. Um, but, you know, she had to make sure that she got a picture that she felt represented her appropriately. 
Um, and that took, I don't know, Jackie, four months, just saying. Uh, but it's up there now, so you can see her picture as well as her background. Jackie is the uh, graphic designer um, extraordinaire, um, and she's been in the in the new home space exclusively since she graduated from school. Um, so That's she crazy. knows she That's knows awesome. builder speak. She knows design. That's why we love her so much. Um, you can find me as well at doyouconvert.com or just do a Google search for Kevin Oakley, and I would be happy to connect with you and be social. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you again next week. Bye.